In life, we are on a constant pursuit for our slice of the pie. The pie comes in many forms, whether it's starting a business, higher education, pursuing a career, raising a family, and the list continues. The burdens we face during our pursuit is lessened when we are financially fit. The Breadwinners created a platform where we can discuss finances and entrepreneurship in a judgment-free space. We're striving to encourage healthy financial discussions amongst our peers to capture our slice until we no longer want to slice and rather bake our own cake. Say Bob. Bob. Good old Bob. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Uncle Jesse was my guy in Full House. I mean, he had the motorcycle, he had the hair, he had the jacket. Yeah. I mean, he he had swag before swag was like even. You Absolutely. Know. He still does. He still has swag. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of being an investor, but there's a there's a significant a big difference from being an investor and being a consumer. Okay. What's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, investing and being a consumer. Consumer, I feel like you are looking at it just through a small lens, right? Mm -hmm. You're just narrow focused on your needs and what you are getting out of it. When you're an investor, you have a wider lens and you're looking at the whole picture. So you're able to look at things from all angles and see more than, you, than just the average consumer can. Absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I think about, uh, I was teaching in class two weeks ago and we were talking about Apple and this Apple car. Uh -huh. And everyone was thinking like, oh, this car is going to be so cool and da 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 I'm like, the car is ugly. <laughs> but what I think is, is really cool is what is that stock going to do when that Apple car actually oh, yeah. is announced? So, and they're like, oh, I never thought about that. And I said, yeah, at some point you transition from being like an invest, being a consumer to being an investor, but you'll never stop being a consumer, right? Oh, right. Yeah, you're always a consumer. But yeah. one thing we absolutely love is it's like the pursuit of, of like happiness, the pursuit of being fulfilled. So when it comes to your slice of the pie, what is that? We actually were just talking about this last night. We had a networking event that we we're going to and and just I love the journey. So I love the idea of, of building something. I love the idea of working with others. I love the idea of always learning. You know, there's so much to learn. Can't possibly know everything. Um, so I think for me, the slice of the pie is, is that, that always just like yearning to connect with different people in different industries, learn more things, build. How can I make a mark or fulfill my purpose that our creator put me here for. Um, and so along with that, then reward comes with that as well and all those other benefits. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like chasing it, building Absolutely. it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's not about the trophy. It's about what it took to yeah, drive it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Um, especially when passion meets purpose. So. 
it's so much more meaningful too. <clears throat> Definitely. You know, like knowing like all those blood, sweat and tears that went into it. <laughs> it's tough, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's, that's entrepreneurship, right? Absolutely. Not Absolutely. everyone's cut for it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. It's a lot of long nights. You trade in your eight to five for a 24 seven, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's tough. Okay. <laughs> Ronnie Lynn, uh, tell us about you and your brands. Yeah. So I have a few different things going on. So I, I guess, like I said, I love the journey of being an entrepreneur. I mm -hmm. knew from a young age that sitting behind a desk yeah. and a nine to five was not my purpose. I, I was not created to fit this mold that a lot of people try to fit everybody in. You know, one size doesn't fit all. So I knew that from an early age that uh, whatever I did, it was not going to be traditional. <laughs> it wasn't going to be in this in this thing. So I started um, actually in high school in the beauty industry. Okay. So um, it's a funny story. My parents, we went on a cruise and my mom treated me to a day at the spa and I just, I remember this so clearly. The feeling that I had afterwards, I got a massage, I got a facial, like all the things, right? And I remember just feeling so amazing inside and out. And I told my mom, I said, I want to do that for people. And <laughs> like, I just want to, like, I want to make somebody feel how amazing I feel right now. Like, it wasn't just an outer thing. It was an inside thing, too. And so um, she started doing some research, and I started my journey in the beauty industry. I started with massage. I went to esthetician school, makeup school. Um, so that's kind of like my background is has been in the beauty industry of all facets since 98. Um, and then I do some direct sales uh, companies selling beauty products, healthcare, um, nutritional supplements, makeup, things like that. Okay. I've had some amazing opportunities um, doing runway makeup in Paris and New York oh, and wow. working with various photographers and different TV shows. Um, so yeah, it's always fun and different. Um, and then recently, <laughs> um, I branched out into something completely different. <laughs> I branched out into luxury car rental. That's great. <laughs> that yeah, that is completely out of out of your. It really zone. is. It really is. And I mean, I have different goals too um, that I want to achieve. I eventually want to get into some real estate too. And um, my father was a and still is an entrepreneur, and he was in real estate, had his own company, and um, it was just bred in me. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, how did the, the the business get started for luxury rentals? Yeah. So, I actually have um, two partners that I'm partners with currently in this. So, and they're like my best friends. Um, so, my one friend um, Scott is my partner, and he lives out in LA. And me and his wife have been best friends for such a long time. Right. She actually. Um, helped manage one of my salons. So she came from the, she's a um, hairstylist. So long story short, we've worked together in various capacities. Um, his background is IT. Um, and we like, again, business and building. And we were seeing some trends over the last few years in the car industry. We both have a passion for luxury vehicles, exotic vehicles. Yeah. I love motorcycles. I love anything that goes fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, like, who doesn't love a beautiful car? Um, right. Unfortunately, like, my bank account doesn't have the same feelings that I do <laughs> about luxury cars. <laughs> 
So, yeah. so we've talked about this, you know, idea, and and Scott kind of started it out there where he he bought a, a nice um, car, and then he wanted to buy another car, and Brittany, you know, being the woman of the household, is like, okay, no, 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 like, yeah. how are we going to afford this? How are we going to pay for this? And so that was right around the time that Toro was coming out. So he he was like, I got this idea, like. We could just cover our car payment and we'll be fine. It'll justify the car payment, right? So nothing would be out of his pocket. And so that's really how it started organically, just like that. And then they started making more money than the payment and like the demand. And it just kind of Blown, grew from yeah. there. And so, you know, we were talking about it. Um, and he's like, I think this could be a business. And again, you know, just watching the trends that were happening um, in the economy. Mm -hmm. The, um, what was it, maybe four or five years ago, the Fair Act, uh, Credit Fair Act trade. Um, so that changed, and so that changed some of the lending opportunities for people um, to get car loans. So yeah, yeah. that was a big increase, and so you're seeing more people renting cars, and then, you know, the, obviously this, it was just like a perfect storm of what happened with the pandemic and, and the whole rental car industry i mean everything from hertz going bankrupt to i, I mean it, it's just complete insanity really yeah. um and it just like it, it just took off you know so we've been watching the trends and and kind of staying on top of that too but it started as a hobby it's it funny. started as yeah. a fun thing and then we're like wait a minute this could actually be something. <laughs> it's funny how that works, right? Yeah. It, it certainly is. I mean, every little thing that I've done, it, it's just, it's funny how they get started. Mm -hmm. And you're like, hey, I don't know, this could be a thing. You yeah. Know, because one of, one of my uh, loves is cars. Like, I absolutely love cars. I love motorcycles. <laughs> and yeah. I, I have quite a few. And my wife is like, no, no, no. Like that. <laughs> Same let's, thing, let's, right? let's slow down here, you know. Um, but a fear of mine is when it comes to like, like a company running like Turo's. Like people won't respect my vehicle. What What's your thoughts on on that? Like, should you the question? Should you be emotionally attached to the vehicle that you rent on Turo? <laughs> That's a really good question. <laughs> so I don't think you can. We, my husband has a classic car that he absolutely loves. And then he said like, well, maybe we could rent that out. I said, you're not gonna let anybody touch that. Oh, no, you can't do yeah. that. That's a classic car. So yeah, I don't think you can't be too particular and you can't totally love it. Um, but I love every car that we have and I love to drive it, but I'm okay with letting it go if something happens. So you have to be okay knowing that something happens. Um, but also, you know, Toro is such a fantastic company. They take care of you if something does happen. Okay. So, um, yeah, they, they yeah. definitely, they're, they're on your side. They will handle anything. So for a lot of people don't know what Toro is. Oh, yeah. They still, doesn't, they still <laughs> don't really understand it, but can, can you give us like a 50 foot view of what Turo is. Yeah, so, and there's a few different platforms out there besides Turo too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, there there is quite a few now that have, but Turo definitely um, set the pathway and is, I would say, the most popular, and um, I, I trust them the most just with my experience as far as 
um, having the backing in the company. So basically it's uh, like a timeshare for your car, if you will. So people will list their own cars. Like um, uh, what's the home? Like when people list the homes. Why can't uh, like uh, Airbnb? Air Airbnb. It's like that for cars. So you could own a car and you could list it. So what Scott would do is um, he knew how many days he needed to rent out his car to cover his car payment. So maybe that was just like six days out of the month for him at that point. So he would just list that. You have a calendar. You could say when it's available and you could set a price of how much you want to you know, rent it for. You could set it for if they want to come pick it up. Um, if you want to deliver it to them yeah. um, and you know it's it's pretty simple Toro kind of takes care of all the background information and insurance and checking the license and stuff oh, that's nice yeah like it's that's it's nice. really pretty and you could be hands-off with it um, where you could leave a car somewhere they could come pick it up or you could do a handoff situation yeah. I've never met a person like a host and I, no. everywhere I go, I always use Turo because uh -huh. I just love like getting in nice cars, yeah. like cars that I want to buy, but I'm like, she won't let me buy. And then I'll use Turo and take it for the weekend. But I've never met the person. It was so weird. Yeah. Because it's like, dude, this is like an $80,000 car. And, and you're I just like, here you go. <laughs> I'm trusting you with everything. With, with everything. But I, I love Turo and you brought up a good point about it being passive. Yes. Because to me, like passive income is like so sweet, right? Oh my gosh. It's and, the best. <laughs> So, so, but it, there's a lot of questions, like a, a lot of, you know, the things that you fear what you don't understand True. or what you don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it's a natural emotion, right? Although we, we shouldn't fear it, but until we do our due diligence, it can be a, a little scary. So when we're thinking about strategy for, for Turo, what made you go the, the luxury car route? Um, well, again, we were watching the trends. Um, a little bit is selfishness. <laughs> Because what you like, right? Because I like nice cars. Yeah. And what would I want to drive? And it's fun to like be able to have that, uh, like you said, when you go to a different city, you drive different cars that you might want to buy, but maybe you can't or try it before you buy it. So, um, yeah, so for us, it was, we like luxury cars. We like the nice things. We were watching the trends, too, um, and what was happening. And with the shortage from... Uh, the chip shortage from um, from the pandemic, and so kind of catering. So we saw that there was this need because there was not a lot of luxury cars out there. You could not get your hands, and you still can't get it's your hands on oh brand new cars. So difficult. We actually have an Escalade ESV, and it has the uh, TVs in the back, which you can't find anywhere because of the sh the chip shortage. <laughs> That's crazy. So that's kind of where we, you know, anywhere in business, you always have to learn how to pivot and how to adjust and shit happens. <laughs> it does. I mean, shit just happens sometimes and you can't control it. Who would have thought there would be a pandemic two years ago? <laughs> like, yeah. And everybody had to shift. And so when the rental car industry, um, you know, travel just stopped, like completely stopped when that happened. And the rental car, traditional rental car companies, um, they like, sold out their fleets. They had to figure out, you know, they had to let go of people. They had to figure out yeah. how to basically liquidate and survive. And then, so now there's that trickle effect of the shortage. And so you can't find luxury cars. So we found like a niche that, that works for us that we wanted to cater to. Um, and so that's kind of why we landed on luxury and, and new ones. So our cars are the, I mean, the Escalade is a 20, one. So we have 21 and 22. So everything is brand new 
Okay. Yeah. So tell us your fleet. Which which vehicles do you have? Yeah. So like I said, we have um, my partner is in LA, Palm Springs area. So here in oh so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So <laughs> Palm Springs. We're, we're headed. Just this little place. <laughs> yeah, it's a little small town. You probably heard of it before. That's <laughs> yeah, right on the beach. Um, so we are in a fortunate position where we can have the opportunity to um, transport cars back and forth if need be for like events and things um, but so here in Cleveland we have an Escalade um, ESV so that is a sports edition and it has the cameras or cameras the videos in the back oh yeah the sports one is nice it's white the black grill it's beautiful um, and then we have a Maserati Levante oh <laughs> nice. Right? Oh my gosh. And that one is black with the red interior. Yeah, red seats. Oh yes. It's so slick. And that thing is fast. I bet. That's oh the truck, gosh. right? It's the SUV. Yeah. Yeah. That thing is so fast. And then we have a BMW X7 and that is white with the camel interior. And that thing is just beautiful. That's the big one. That's the, that's mm -hmm. the yeah, mm -hmm. that's nice. You, that's, that's our most popular one. Is it? It is. I don't like, we had some Range Rovers out here before too, and we thought Range Rovers were going to be the hit in this area, just kind of like some research that we had done. Nope, that X7, that is the most popular vehicle that we have here. That's crazy. It really is. And then of course in LA, it's a little bit of a different market out there in Palm Springs. So we have a couple of G-Wagons, McLaren, Porsche. <laughs> oh my God. You know, just a few little things over there. Yeah, just a couple, <laughs> you know. That is that is so yeah. awesome. Yeah. Of course he is gonna fall in love with a McLaren. Who wouldn't? In right? LA of all places? Yeah, yeah. Maybe. And then we we just got a oh my goodness, it's a Mercedes. I'm probably I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's out there. It's that is so dope. It's a beautiful car. There's not many of those that were made, and I'm drawing a blank of what it is. But. No, that's that's perfectly fine. So, okay, <laughs> so let's say if you choose the, the luxury route, or if you choose, let's say, you know what, I want to go like Honda Accords, Civics, you oh, know, yeah. the basic cars. So when you de determine like your brand, right, so now how do you determine the price? For, so, for I mean, what we did in the beginning, just to kind of like learn the market, we trusted Toro. So you could have, there's a setting on Toro that could just be like auto. And Toro will gauge what's happening in the market, what, you know, what city you're in, and it will adjust the price accordingly. So, you know, something, so maybe on the weekends, Toro will up the price a little bit. Maybe during the week, it's a little bit lower. Are you serious? Yes. So you could have an auto setting and you could just let Toro determine what you will do. Um, once you get to a, so what I would suggest, and we didn't really know this until we got into it. Right. <laughs> um, and we learned about this is um, if like, if you're starting out, it doesn't, I mean, people ask about this all the time. Like, well, what cars would work in what market or, you know, what cars do you suggest? That's the biggest question. Literally any cars are working right now. That's the beauty about this craziness that is happening right now is any car will work. Funny story. Uh, me and my husband actually went to Hawaii back in September and we were talking, we could not get a car to rent there. And we were talking with the Uber driver. People were renting U-Hauls as rental cars <laughs> because they could not get anything, get their hands on anything. So it did not matter <laughs> what vehicle you have, people need it. 
So minivan. Um, actually, my one of my best friends, her she has a handicapped um, child, and so she has a handicapped minivan, and those are in need. I mean, so there's different That's aspects crazy. you don't even think of. Like she travels out of state to do therapies for her children. And so if some people who fly across the country who don't have the opportunity to drive, they are in need of things. So, I mean, any car will do. Any car will do. But Toro, um, in the beginning, what we would suggest, um, let Toro do the automatic pricing just to kind of get your name out there. And there's algorithms with Toro, too, that we didn't realize. Same thing with social media, right? Yeah. Um, so if you have the opportunity and can just go and do like a lower price to just get your name out there and get exposure and kind of get a few trips, they have something called an all-star host. So yeah. as soon as you you know, reach a certain number of trips and have good feedback and get reviews and things like that, then you could become this all-star host and then your cars will come up at the top of the list. Oh, that's nice. Sooner before everybody else is, right? So if you could do that, I would suggest do that. Just kind of like, don't sell yourself short, but kind of like do what it takes to kind of just get your name out there, get like your first 10 rentals and just kind of build up like a reputation. And then from there, then you could kind of see the pricing. You could kind of adjust that. So that's what we do now. Like we started on the auto pricing events will adjust our pricing based on what's happening in the city. So like All-Star Weekend, was, was that a, a crazy weekend? It was so crazy. <laughs> I, I bet. <laughs> I, I know it was very lucrative for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're, you know, we're fortunate in Cleveland. Like we have a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We have the, um, the Football Hall of Fame. There's an event there. We're actually, there's a, a tennis event now. That's at Nautica in the summer, so this will be the second oh, year that's coming it here. Is. It's about yeah. The flats. yeah, yeah. So yeah. they're like, we're just—it's it's a kind of a cool thing um, that we get these events that come to town. So when All Star Weekend was here, or you know, we we're just so excited to be part of that. Again, we had to pivot our normal routine of what we were doing. So we catered to some of you know the elite athletes and and some celebrities that were coming into town. Um, so traditionally we would rent our vehicles out, right? So we would leave them at a location or meet somebody and they would take the car and they would drive. Now for this, we were able again to pivot. They didn't want to drive themselves. (laughs) They're, you know, they're a little bit (laughs) different caliber of a clientele that we normally have. Um, so we were fortunate to have access to, um, security team and, and people to drive. Um, so we have a drive team and security detail um, that we subcontract out. So, yeah. so we were able to accommodate for that for All Star, and it's definitely some interesting stories. <laughs> interesting there. stories. Of fun, I mean, definitely around the clock, busy. I mean, between the parties and the events, and and you learn so much about what happens behind the scenes and. Uh, it was just really, it was fun. The energy in the city was amazing. Obviously, business was, you know, the business, business was, was booming. That was great. And just, again, it was a good opportunity to connect, too, and, and just bring Cleveland to the forefront. And I don't know, I enjoy networking and talking to people and hearing their story. Absolutely. And things like that. Relationships are so important. Heck, yeah. So important. And the only thing sucked about that weekend was the weather. Oh, my gosh. It's like... <laughs> 
Cleveland, really, of all days, you, can you just give us one decent? We can take 30 degrees in sun. Just give us that. But why does it have to be so crappy? Oh, my gosh. The wind and the one night I remember driving, I mean, it took me like two hours to get back home. And I was in the Escalade. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't see anything. <laughs> it was so crazy. Okay. So, so let, let's back up a little bit. So let's say, you know what? I, I want to do this Turo thing. Do you suggest that person forming like a, a, an LLC, S-Corp, or some sort of formation to give to separate themselves from the liability? Or do you think it's a little premature? They should try it out first. I would say a little premature. So, I mean, this resource is available for anybody. So take advantage of that. Like, mm -hmm. it's they already, you know, you don't recreate the wheel if you don't need to. <laughs> Um, and right. if, if you don't, ha like if you could just do something casual and test it out and see if you actually like it and if it works for your lifestyle and instead of like investing in, you know, a fleet of vehicles or your in, business yeah. and unnecessary money that you don't have to do. So, I mean, that's like, like I said before, that's how we started just organically kind of came to be. And then once you get to a certain point and you feel like, all right, I like where this is at and I see the potential and I want that then yeah, then you could take the next step. So with Toro, you could have just a um, personal platform on there. So just casual rental, and then you could kind of start to ramp it up if you like a little bit more. And then you could actually move your platform to a business um, platform. Oh, nice. So uh, Toro is really great, like I said, um, as far as their customer service and, and willing to help you grow. Um, they have different tiers of payout for you. Um, the insurance is a huge, huge thing that people don't understand right now with is going on and like okay. when you own like a rental company and the, the liability and the insurance that comes with that traditionally. Um, so there is insurance that's attached through Toro. So that's one headache off your plate that you don't have to worry about. Toro will take care. I mean, obviously you have your normal insurance and your driver, your renter will have insurance, mm -hmm. um, but Toro has traveler's insurance as well on top of that. Oh, that's huge. I was so going to ask you about that. Like, yeah. You're covered with that. So there's different tiers as far as payout and responsibility and how much you want Toro to handle and how much you want to handle. So you could start out like, you know, at the highest tier where you're getting paid a little bit lower and Toro's getting paid a little bit higher. So your risk is not as great. And then you could start to adjust your tiers and change it. And then you could move up to a business platform where you have a little bit more flexibility. You could change your pricing a little bit more. Um, so Toro really lets anybody start, see, yeah. grow. That, that's a really good concept because I, I don't like the all or nothing. Yeah. Because the, the all or nothing <laughs> is like, ah, you know, should I, should not. So I, I like that concept. Um, and I like that approach as well because yeah. some people think I just got to go all in and it's like, no, you, you can just take your time, which is pretty cool. And that can be really scary to people. And, and some people, the way that they want to handle business and it may not be that, like you said, that all or nothing. So maybe they have a full-time job and they just wanted to start to do something on the side a little bit. You know, this gives them that opportunity without like putting all the risk and consuming their you know, life at that time for that. So I think it just gives the normal everyday person a chance to experience a little bit of owning your own business. Absolutely. And I think we're in that slice of the pie. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're in that space, you know, that, that entrepreneur space. And I absolutely love it because, yeah. I, well, I'm kind of envy. I envy my, my kids because it's like, dude, you have Google, you have YouTube. It's like, 
you can, how can you fail a class now? You right. use a laptop in school. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand it. So oh. I think that is pretty cool. So let me ask you this. What were some of your reservations before getting into Turo? Um, or did you have any? I mean, for me, I was more excited just because that's my nature. And I just wanted to get out there and like get building and meet people and just see where it takes. Um, obviously like keeping up with payments and just making sure that we could keep up with everything and I still have time for my other businesses and my family and my kids and then so that was like a little bit of a fear there and and then working together with my friends that's always fun yeah super fun and then but just making sure that like we could all stay together and that works too so that's a different dynamic too uh, when we kind of started that way so a little bit of fear that way um, but we because we started slow because Scott started in LA first casually and like I said it organically came to be um, we were in a position where some of the vehicles out there were paid for already so we didn't have any payments left on those vehicles oh nice so we kind of had like an escape plan <laughs> Every business have an exit plan. So we, so you know, so that was something that was kind of important too. Like worst case scenario, everything goes, you know, astray. Nothing works out. How are we going to get out of this? And you know, so our families don't suffer. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so we made sure that we had that in place too. Safety net for sure. Every business needs to have one, mm -hmm. um, regardless of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You got to have a if ish hits the fan, yep. my family's going to be straight because it's, it's up to us yep. for their future. Exactly. And that's why I love passive income and side hustles because you think about the concept of working an eight to five or nine to five, which is, I don't knock it. It's perfectly fine, right? Mm -hmm. It pays the bills. So, but someone, either your manager or some regional, whomever, determines how much money you're actually going to make. Mm -hmm. And that money that you're going to actually make is going to determine the lifestyle you can provide for your family. Yep. And when you think about it from that perspective, to me, it's kind of selfish <laughs> if you don't do something to earn some extra cash for your family because they, de they deserve to be in good neighborhoods. They deserve to be in good schools. They deserve to take vacations. I mean, exactly. who's going to say my kid doesn't deserve a vacation Exactly. or doesn't deserve to go to prom doing wearing this or whatever. So that's why I'm so big on passive income and side hustles and diversification is like I love it. Absolutely. I mean, because traditionally there's this cap of how much and it's somebody else determining what your worth is. Yep. And that's kind of like what, when I started in business, that was a little bit of a hard concept for me, like knowing my worth and knowing my family's worth and knowing what I will settle for and what I won't settle for. And like you said, like they deserve to go on this vacation or do this. And growing up, like I said, my parents, they were the best example of entrepreneurs because I saw all of it. I mean, I saw the hardships where we were, you know, scraping money and we couldn't have the nice things for a little bit. And then I saw the rewards also where mm -hmm. we went on vacation three to four times a week for two to three weeks at a time. Oh my God. We, you know, like had the full run of Disney World because we had timeshare and we could go anywhere and buy <laughs> anything. Like, you know, so so I had a little bit of a spoiled this too, and the and the luxury of that freedom, and I, and I, that's what comes with that. And it, it doesn't have to be, it could be a passive income just to have that little extra freedom. Absolutely, it doesn't have to consume your you, life. Yeah, in the beginning, it kind of will. <laughs> 
because in, in entrepreneurship, you got to figure it out. Yeah, you're going to grind, right? <laughs> you cry sometimes. It, it's rough. So for me, a fear of mine with Turo is what if they trash your car? Like, what, what's a process when you pick up your car and, yeah. you, and you're like, what the fuck? Right? Yeah. yeah. What, what's what's a all right, so I will be completely transparent. Please do. We had a car stolen. So I think that is the worst thing that could possibly yeah. happen. We had a car stolen, so we, it was a Range Rover. One other thing I will say, benefit to having a luxury vehicle is with the technology on these ones, you can do the handoffs without being there. You could lock the, the car remotely, and Turo has it where the um, renter can unlock the car from the app as well. There's trackers on it. We could see there's cameras all around on the vehicles. Like we could see where it's parked at all times. So like with these luxury oh, nice. cars, yeah. there's a lot of extra features as far as security. And you could see like if it's something like, um, you know, gets damaged. So we had this Range Rover that was stolen. It was the most bizarre situation. Um, stolen from a renter. We're not sure still if the renter was in on what happened, but we were able to track it. We saw where it was. And um, also with Range Rover, you can see if anything is damaged, like if a window is broken or anything like that. Oh, that's nice. So we were watching it the whole time. It was not damaged. It was actually drove from Cleveland to Philly in a really bad neighborhood. And um, with like, we called the police obviously, they the police could care less and the next morning toro was in the worst neighborhood in philly on a flatbed and had our range rover on there and delivered to us wow they did all of that yeah before the police the police didn't even do it they just filed some paperwork before like yeah. the police couldn't like they didn't even do anything but toro was there on their own flatbed and they brought it right to a dealership so we could have a new key made um it That's was crazy. so fast there was no damage i mean it was amazing how fast toro took care of us what's that that's like an eight hour drive oh my gosh from here yeah. to philly yeah he probably he or she probably had the time of their life <laughs> so that was like the craziest thing that we had happen but i'm almost glad that we did in the beginning because that's like one i don't know like fear or like how your car is going to come back if it's going to be damaged I know that Turo has our back, and I, I mean, they were calling me nonstop, like checking up. I mean, even after they called to make sure everything was good, they were on there. I mean, it was, it was awesome. But yeah, I mean, if, if you get your car back, I mean, we haven't, we had a couple scuffs like on the rims. Yeah, car brush, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, some stuff like that. But we've been fortunate that we haven't had anything like completely trashed. We've had some unique smells come back in a vehicle. It's weird. <laughs> so we might have to like, you know, do a, a deep cleaning on that. But we've been fortunate. Um, but I feel like if something does happen and there is extensive damage, Toro will have our back and they will, you know, take care of that. Okay. Um, and you take pictures beforehand, you take pictures after. So, I mean, it's easy to show what happened. Um, and Toro has the customer's, you know, card on file and things like that. Um, so Toro will take care of it and then they will go after the, the customer. We, we actually, we got a couple of speedy, not speedy tickets, but like the tolls or whatever yeah. camera things. Similar situation, we uploaded it, Toro paid us right away for that, and then Toro charged the customer. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so Toro's like, 
they, your business partner. They handle a lot of the a lot of the uncertainty. Yeah. Because that's a big question. You know, if they drive from Cleveland to Youngstown, you got to pay that toll, right? Right. Or if they get into a car accident, or if my car come up missing, it's, it's going to keep me up at night because the bank is like, dude, I don't care what you do right. with the car. Give me my money on the first or the fifteenth, <laughs> the thirteenth. Whatever y'all do is whatever you do. Yeah. So that that's a fear. That's a, a common fear for a lot of people. Yeah. And then, what's your what's your thoughts on meeting people? to do the exchange or doing it remotely? Yeah, I mean, my husband was a little worried in the beginning too, me being a woman and like going to meet somebody. It's crazy people out here. There really is. So the hands-off remote situation is a beautiful thing. Um, and sometimes he was a little worried about people coming to the home at first too, because sometimes we'd have people that just came to our house to pick up the vehicle like in the driveway. Um, again, I feel very confident in Toro's background check and because you have to upload your license mm -hmm. on there, your insurance card, and um, Toro has to like approve you to be a driver. So again, we've been fortunate enough that we haven't had any issues. When I do meet people, um, it's in a public place. It's during the daytime. You know, so I mean, I take my own precautions. I'm not meeting somebody, you know, at 10 o'clock at night at their house or anything like that. Like I'm meeting in a public, well-lit area. Right, right. <laughs> or right. if they do come to the home, it's a hands-off situation where somebody else is home too. Um, but we enjoy doing the hands-off as well. <laughs> that works really well for us. Because you don't have to then, you're, you're not dictated of like what time you have to be there and stuff. It's more of that passive income. I'm just going to leave the keys in there. It's locked. You could come during these hours to grab it, drop it off between these hours. And then you're good to go. Yeah. No, yeah. That, that makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. I like that. We do airport drop-offs a lot too. So whether it's Hopkins, Akron, or some of the private airports, um, people like coming into town, I'll just park it there in a parking spot and take a picture of where it's parked and they get it. And keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did that before. There was a fee for that. Or is it? Well, you have that, like, I'll leave some, like, everyone, every renter or host, I should say, probably does it a little different. I leave money so they could get out of the parking lot. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> that's nice. Most of them are like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really big on customer service. I think that's another thing, how I jumped from the beauty industry to luxury car rental. It's still a customer service, um, and it's still talking to people ahead of time. You have conversations with your renters. Um, I like that. We leave. We have water bottles that we had made, so we'll leave it's a It's the water. little thing. Oh, my God. It's the little thing. Yeah, things. it's just those little extra things that set us apart from... On the others. Especially when you're getting off a plane and you're like yeah. you're out of there, you're not spending six dollars on the twenty ounce Dasani in like the airport lobby. So right. that is nice. I do enjoy that yeah. when I get my when I get we, my car. We had some families that came in too and it was around Halloween. So um, I knew I had talked to the renter and he was explaining the situation. Him and his family were coming with him on this business trip and so I put a couple little candy bags for the kids in the car and he was just so ecstatic it was just like a little just a little <laughs> thing a couple of little halloween candies but like they were traveling from la you know so i knew that was a long flight with kids traveling yeah, <laughs> not no. fun no so, you know anything that i could do to help their experience i'll do i love that <laughs> i love that it's the little things it really is it certainly is okay so now we we have our oh, put this here we we have 
we have our Turo, everything is going well, we're making money. So now the, the finance part comes into play, right? Mm -hmm. So what, <laughs> what, what are some good tips you will give to people that have that passive income, the monies that's coming in, but they still have their traditional income to where they're like, okay, this handles my bills and my yeah. everyday expenses. So is the, is the, the Turo money free money? Not for you, but in, <laughs> in general, is that free money or what would you advise them with doing that? Um, keep everything separate. I would advise oh, nice. keep things separate. So I made that mistake early on in business where things got a little mingled and that can be a little <laughs> confusing, not only for you, but for your accountant <laughs> Yeah. and for the government too as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, just so if you could keep everything separate, I mean, save like your gas receipts cause that's going to be a write off. So there are benefits to it. Okay. Um, even so, even if you don't create an actual business per se in our LLC, you can also on your taxes um, and your you know tax advisor could kind of guide you on that. Um, this could be you could be a sole proprietor and still run it like underneath your social, and you could still reap some benefits from that. So that's absolutely yeah. yeah. So if you keep everything separate and organized, it'll save. It can save you some money in the long run. So, because you're always going to fill up gas for your renters, right? So that uh, car washes, you know, like any maintenance that you maintain on your car can now also be a write-off. Yeah, we love write-offs. Yes, absolutely. I love write-offs. Yeah. So a quick conversation with an accountant, you know, if you don't have one or if you currently have one, you know, that could save you money and kind of see what your situation would be. Um, but yeah, it's not like free money <laughs> yeah no some people treat it like free money you still gotta you still gotta be responsible with it Absolutely. you still gotta be responsible with it but you can have some fun with it too you better you absolutely you I, absolutely i'm a big fan of balance yes so I, I like i like for you to have nice things like I, I want you to have nice things but it has to fit within that budget and fit within your financial goals yeah so if you make some extra money, sweet. Don't go spend it all and think you're going to get it back the next week or next two right. weeks or whatever. Because we all know as an entrepreneur, you know, one day it's malt liquor, the next day it's champagne. <laughs> and then it's back to malt liquor, right? Really fast. <laughs> really, really fast. fast. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's what my mom would always tell me growing up, that I have champagne taste on a beer budget. <laughs> yeah, we all, absolutely. I wish I could drink Moet and Chandon and Ace of Spades every day, but no. Right? No, you grab a six pack of Coronas and, and go yeah. watch some TV. Yes, and just pretend. <laughs> yeah, that, that is so dope. I, I think so. Okay, so as far as what advice would you give to someone that's thinking about it, want to take that jump, but they're a little timid? Um, I mean, I think have fun. I think that's kind of like, where are you in your life? You know, um, and if you, if you think, if you could be organized, a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you could be disciplined with, okay, I'm going to have my responsibilities. I'm going to do these bills that are need to be paid first. Um, and then if I have any extra money, then I could kind of reap those benefits. Um, I think if you stay on top of it and you kind of watch it and um, you could have fun with it and you could, you could enjoy some benefits. Absolutely. It, it, it gets fun after you do all the dirty work. Yeah. <laughs> it, I swear entrepreneurship gets really fun after you do all it the really dirty work. It really does. It really does. So again, if you're not focused, if, if you're, if you're not, if you don't have tunnel vision, you know, because some people can't see past, okay, 
all this work or yeah. this time that it's going to take for these few months or whatever that time frame may be, yeah, it's not going to be easy. There's going to be some struggles. You're going to fall down. You're going to get up. You're going to learn. You're going to make mistakes. And I feel like that's part of growing, not just in business, but in life, you yeah. know? So entrepreneurship is a whole encompassing of growth, personal growth journey. So, I mean, it could just bring so much to your life that you didn't even know. I mean, I, I know it sounds kind of funny, but I mean, it's not just a business thing. You will grow personally yeah. in other ways. Um, so if you're looking just to kind of make a change in your life a little bit, um, Toro is a great way with a low risk. I mean, it definitely is a low risk. You could kind of put your toe in the water first, but be prepared to work for it also. You know, take some time. Don't just see the immediate future, see the big picture um, and, and give it a try. I love it. And I mean, okay, it doesn't work out. Like try it with your personal car. If it doesn't work out, oh, well. it doesn't work out. Like it's yeah. your personal car, like, you, you know? Um, so there really isn't any risk if you're just doing maybe just your personal car. There's, the risk is very low to start with, especially when you have Toro's backing. Um, and like with that tier and make sure that like the majority of it is on them. And like I said before, then you could kind of grow with them yeah. as you feel more comfortable. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Okay, cool. Just do well, it. Just do it. <laughs> so, I mean, the world needs cars. There's it. plenty of business out there and the demand now is the time if you're thinking about it, because I mean, we still have a, you know, a little bit of time with this stuff that's happening in the, the economy and and the shift and the change in the rental car industry. I mean, but it's, it's needed right now. So if you could fill that void and. Absolutely. You find a space in the market where it needs a, where, where there's a need, you take advantage of yeah. it. But this is, uh, of course, Slice of Pie uh, podcast. I, um, I'm a financial planner on the company called The Breadwinners. And this is all about entrepreneurship and personal finance. But we all are human as well. So <laughs> yes. one final question that we do have, we all, since we all are human and we all have vices, What's one of your financial vices that, that you have? Oh, going go out to dinner, <laughs> okay. like nice dinners. Okay. Yes. I don't even, it's like me and my husband enjoy nice food and dinners and it's pricey. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Especially when you have a lot of kids. Yeah. <laughs> so either like. Just because sometimes our lives are so busy, we'll order food a lot too. That's how it is now. And that gets really pricey. You know, like a couple hundred dollars here. I mean, it starts to add up a lot. It, it does. And so we don't really, and, and we never say no. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know, that's always one of the pitfalls is when you're <laughs> spending, you know, like $60, $100, $80, $40. You don't realize until you get that credit card bill yes. at the end of the month, you're like, Wait a minute, what? I yeah. owe this? I spent this on that? Yeah. I go through it a lot, so. Uh-huh, like yeah. we don't have big vices or splurges. It's those little things. Yeah. My husband is Amazon. Like there needs to be a lock on that Amazon <laughs> because with, you know, everything just digital and you could it's, order anything and it, you don't see it. It's so convenient. I mean, <laughs> I order every, a lot of my stuff come from, come from Amazon. That's, I'll say that's my wife's vice. <laughs> Mine, one of mine's is sneakers. Like I still love oh, shoes. Yeah. Like I'm a well, big shoe guy. Well, I was admiring yours. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big shoe guy. So um, March was a rough month. <laughs> <laughs> 
it was a rough month, but then you know what? I had to have that talk because I, I got that that Amex bill, and I'm like, dude, oh man, like you lapsed. <laughs> so April, what's today? April, middle of April, we're good so we're far. Good. So okay, so how many sneakers do you have in your collection? Oh, right now? Yes. Oh, that's easy. I'm I don't know, maybe like 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 150. Oh but a couple years ago, before I sold a lot of my shoes, I was like well over 400. You could wear a different pair of shoes every single day of the year. Yeah, what's crazy, I'll probably wear only five. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so what do you, do you just like look at the rest of them? I'll grab a beer. You'll have like, like your shoe room. I had a shoe room. So I'll just, you know, just kick it with my shoes. It, <laughs> it's weird, but uh, it's one of those things. I love it. I've been a sneakerhead since like 93. I love it though. I was watching like a documentary on it. See, this is where I feel intrigued because, and then being the brain that I have, I'm like, man, there's there's a lot of business in this. Oh my God, <laughs> tons of business in reselling shoes. So in, in the, this is what intrigues me about about different niches in the world mm -hmm. and the backstory behind them, how it came to be, people's story, and, and just the the entrepreneurship that is surrounded in this sneaker community. Because I was it like, is. wow, I didn't even know all this stuff. It's so cool to, it, to learn. It certainly is. And you know what, we can, we can definitely outro on that finding different niches finding different things whatever you like your passions try it if it fails you'll, you'll bounce back absolutely absolutely as long as you have that passion and integrity yeah win absolutely well thank you so much i appreciate it <laughs> this was super fun thanks for having me here no problem yeah